And so we come to the second message. Raising our children to live in the blessing. I figured since it was Mother's Day, we talk about raising children. You say, well, I don't have any children. Well, you might have some in the future. And if you don't, how many of you at least know somebody that's going to have some kids or you know somebody that has children? All right. Hallelujah. This is what I believe to be a great word. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise and glory for what you're going to do this morning. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. On July 1st, 1996, my wife and I had our first child, Hannah. She was born in the midst of really some difficult physical situations and circumstances for her. We had to really pray that God would bring her out, and God did. God healed her, did a miracle. Had to be medevaced to a, a a more equipped hospital, and it was a real challenge. I know how I was raised, and there were some good things and some things that weren't so good. Did anybody grow up in a family like that? Yeah, all of us. And as you become a parent, or as you perhaps help in being a spiritual parent or a grandparent. We usually try to pass on what's learned from our mom and dad. Keeping the good stuff. Rejecting the stuff that hurt and we didn't think worked too well. Child raising is a very important part of living in the blessing. Now we do have notes for you. If you don't have those, I believe they're passing them out now. There's blanks on there. You can go ahead and fill them out as we move along. If you don't have notes, just go ahead and slip your hand up. One of our ushers will bring that to you. Raising children, child raising is an important part of living in the blessing. And through Scripture, you see lots of examples of parents that did well and parents that didn't do so well. When I read through the chronology of the kings of Israel, you'll see whenever you see a wicked king and that wicked king's son ends up serving the Lord, it's usually because of his mama. How many of you are thankful for your mama today? very thankful. I know for sure where I would be without my mother. She prayed me in. There's two stories that come to mind as I think about child raising in Scripture. The first one is David and Bathsheba, how David's sin brought a curse on the whole family. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her husband. And it brought a curse on his children after that. And I think also about the high priest Eli. His story is told in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29. It's interesting. You see, Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And it says in, in 1 Samuel 29, 2, chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, verse 29, the word comes to him and says, Why do you honor your sons more than me? You see, 
Eli didn't restrain his children. He didn't teach them properly. He didn't make them obey. And as a result, his lineage was snuffed out. His neglect was really seen as a neglect for the love of God. Now, given those thoughts, I want to speak to you about raising your children, your grandchildren. I want to talk to you about it. I um, recently, I think it was Tuesday night, I mean, I got irritated. Anybody ever get irritated? I got irritated. My wife said, she said, dude, you were way too hard. I thought, okay. So for that, I repent. You just, if you see as much destruction, I see lots of life. Don't get me wrong. I see miracles. I see breakthroughs. We thank God for healing of cancer and all those wonderful things. But to me, it's like, how dumb can you be and breathe? to raise your kids in a way that you, they'll end up in destruction. So this message is going to help you. Are you ready? Just got some thoughts from this text. Some certain things that have been imparted into my life. And, and um, I want to impart them into yours as your pastor. Now let's, let's look at the text. I want to just let the word preach right to us. The context of what's happening is the context is the Lord is about to tell Abraham about the impending judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And God declares Abraham's future in verse 18. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. And God says, I've chosen him. He's also chosen you. Are there any descendants of Abraham? If you have faith today, you're a descendant. Come on, somebody say, that's me. God says, I've chosen him, which is really a covenant language. We've talked about it recently, but in John 15, he chose you and appointed you to bear forth fruit. And God chose him not just just so he could be chosen. I mean, it's nice to be chosen, but I have news for you. God chooses you and I for a purpose. And God chose Abraham for a purpose. And it's a twofold purpose. This is verse 19. Everybody say it's a twofold purpose. Twofold purpose. The first purpose of God choosing Abraham is this. So that, look at, right, look at verse 19. So that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. In other words, God is saying, you must direct your children. In other words, I've chosen you for the purpose of directing your children. Twofold purpose. The first purpose is, the reason he picked Abraham was so that he would direct, so that he would teach, so that he would instruct his children. Number one. The second purpose for God choosing Abraham, and they're really tied together, is so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. You see, the, the destruction, the context of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah would be forever a memorial of God's punitive righteousness. In other words, you need to, I've chosen you so that you could direct your kids, so that you could have the promise I said that you could have. And by the way, this is what happens. Whew, crisp. This is what happens. When you don't direct your children, when you, when, if you aren't going to live for me, if there is unrighteousness, th- there's judgment. God 
God's promises, the other thing that it says, and you can put this, I probably should have had it in your notes, but they're multi-generational people. God's promises, are they're more than just your own lifetime. And furthermore, some of you are walking in a favor and a blessing in your life now because of what your mom and what your dad did generations before. Or maybe a grand set of grandparents. I know for sure in my life that part of the blessing that's on my life is that I've got some godly heritage back there. In other words, God's promises are multi-generational. They go beyond your life. They go beyond my life. And they're to be lived out not only in your life, but in your children's life. In your children's, 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 children, children. Down to a thousand generations of blessings should the Lord tarry. I don't think we have that many more generations to go. But in 1988, that pamphlet came out, 88 Reasons Why the Lord's Coming Back in 1988. How many of you know He didn't come back in 1988? All right. Praise God, 1988's gone along with the, the videos. So what, what, is this, what does this all mean to us? What does, that, what does that mean? What does this text mean to us? Our task as parents, as grandparents, is to see our children live in the blessing of God. God wants you blessed. He wants you to live in blessing. Because the promises of God, then we're able to be lived out through not only our lives, but also this next generation. God is not only yearning to fulfill His promises for you, but He yearns to fulfill them in your children and your grandchildren. And should you live long enough, your great-great-grandchildren, perhaps. You remember the generation of the children of Israel who would not cross over. They, they went out to the promised land and they saw giants and they freaked out. They freaked. We seem like grasshoppers. And so they were, the text says, grasshoppers in their own eyes. The way they saw themselves were teeny weeny, eeny meeny, tiny, minini, small. Is that the way that they were? Absolutely not. They were God's army. And God would have absolutely done away with Jericho, which he did in the generation after, but they couldn't believe God. And so they rejected, they rebelled, and as a result, their children had to live in the desert for 40 more years. It's just an example of how our children are impacted. The training of your children is vital. The training of our children is vital. God desires to see His purposes revealed through the next generation. All right, how do we train our children? How do we train our children? You know, I think I've been getting a suntan from these lights. We're going to be enjoying them. We just put them in for those of you that are, might be new here, those of you that are online. We just got our, our uh, installation of our lights. And, amen, we're going to do a, um, I think we're going to do a vitamin D conference in uh, like December and January. Just come and come to the altar and get your vitamin D. Okay. How do we train our children in the ways of the Lord? How do we train our children in the ways of the Lord? Now, this is not a a be-all to end-all message on child raising, but I'm going to get after a bunch of stuff that's going to really help you now. You say, well, I don't have any kids. Well, you help somebody that does because they need some help. How do we train our children? I want to say, first of all, that we're blessed by, by help from others. I have read 
books. Well, I, I'm, I have to give most of the credit to my wife. My wife is reads a plethora of child-raising books. We have read Dob, James Dobson, a tremendous, The Dare to Discipline is a book that you should read. Uh, there, there's, there's many, many, the, the strong-willed child. Have you ever had a strong-willed child? Has any, anybody, yeah, if, you, if you have a strong-willed child, you need to get that book. The strong, pray, you, know, you pray for leaders and God gives you strong-willed children. Woo! You ain't so excited when you get one. But somebody who's going to really change the world when they set their mind to it, they'll not be pushed pushed off of that. Strong, strong. We've been blessed by programs called Growing Kids God's Way. The Kendalls. Would you raise your hands, guys? The Kendalls. All right. They're they're doing a they're doing a life group on. Help me, Linda. What day is it? On Tuesday nights at six o'clock, you can come and learn the principles in a greater depth in Growing Kids God's Way. They're facilitating that. It's a DVD series that's upstairs. You just need to sign in, be a part of that. Six o'clock on Tuesday. Just come before church and then come to church after if you want to. I've been blessed by programs like that, by by loving your kids on purpose, Danny Silk. I, I would encourage every single human being to read the book. Loving your kids on purpose. By Danny Silk, you can get the, you can just find that on the website there. We live in a world where there's great confusion over how to train your kids. Great confusion in this area, so we must be reminded of what God's word says. How many of you know? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna stand on God's word for every other area of our life, how many of you know we ought to stand on the word for for raising our children? All right, so God, we need to be reminded of what God's Word says. We must train our children. Let me, let me give you some scripture. Proverbs 22, 6, train a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. There's 29 definitions of train in the dictionary that I looked up while I was online preparing for this message. Number 18 is my favorite. I think that's the best. To train, to develop or form the habits of thought and behavior of a child or a person by use of discipline and or instruction. Training. You need to train your kids. We need to train our kids. We need to train our grandchildren. Training is more than just talking. It's ongoing instruction. It's a molding process. You'll train them by instructions or your neglect. Neglect is also training. You're choosing by default. We're training our children either in proper action or neglect. In other words, if a child does something wrong and you allow him to do something wrong and you let him get away with that, then he learns he can get away with doing something wrong. So you're teaching them. You're teaching them it's all good. It's all slack. God will turn the other way. You train by proper action or neglect. It's your choice. Some of the concept... That their kids are really just beautiful inside. And they just need to let that inner beauty shine forth. I got news for you. I believe kids are beautiful. I think I've only seen one ugly baby in my life. I don't want to talk about that. I'm mostly kidding. (laughs) Isn't that baby beautiful? Oh! Oh! But they're all beautiful in God's sight. We're the ones that are weird. Amen. We're the ones that get strange perceptions of what we think beauty is. God God makes all things beautiful in His time and His way. We need to train our kids. 
And it's not, he said, well, my kid's just really beautiful on the inside. I'm just trying to nurture and let that inner beauty just come forth. No, listen, your kid's just exactly like you. Got a, got a fallen sin nature. You don't have to teach a kid to say, no. Anybody have to teach your kid? Come on. You don't have to teach a kid how not to share. They do it really well. So our children have a fallen human nature. Proverbs 22.15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. I want you to keep in mind, if you look at C, we fight against a demonic power that would like to take advantage of our children. And you as parents, grandparents, spiritual mothers and fathers, need to understand very clearly that the way that you teach, train, and instruct your kids will either allow them to live and to walk into blessing or will open up the door for the enemy to beat the fool out of them. Or put the fool in them, I should probably say. Do you remember the Canaanite woman who came to Jesus with her daughter? My daughter needs to be healed. Jesus called her a dog. Pastor Jesus called her a dog. And she said, even dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. And, and he said, oh, a woman of great faith, you know. And his, her daughter was healed. She came. It's a picture of self-sacrificing. And she didn't care. You call me what you want to call me. I need healing right here. Self-sacrificing picture of motherhood. Because her daughter was demonized. Do you remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration? How many of you remember that? Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter and John up there. Peter says the foolish idea. Oh, let's build houses for us. We'll stay up here. God speaks and says, this is my son. Hear him. Shut up. (laughs) And they come down the mountain. And there in the valley is the great disciples of Jesus who basically have a demonized small boy and they can't cast the devil out of the kid. And Jesus asks the father, how long has he been like this? And the father says, since he was a small child. You see, we war not against flesh and blood. And you can't just do whatever you think you should do because your kids could end up in a place of tremendous hurt. Because there is a very real devil who prowls around like a roaring lion. And he's underneath our feet, but you need to put him there. Your training and instruction of your kids will put the enemy underneath their feet until they learn how to do that for themselves. You'll see that to do that, really, we, there's really two things. We, we must love our children. Everybody say, got to love our children. There's, there's two things involved there. We must show them affection and give them our attention. Kids, by the way, spell love. T-I-M-E. And if all you do is look at your, your, your iPhone or your Crackberry or whatever it is, and text the whole time they're trying to talk to you, then you're probably going to have a problem with your kids. I have to catch myself on a regular basis because I've got one of those smartphones. It really could be a dumb phone if you don't listen to your kid while he's trying to talk to you. I've set some structures that I'm frequently breaking, and I'm asking God to help me. When I come home, 
You know, I'm home. I have to set a, set a time when I have to stop with the phone so that I can be there with my kids. And, you know, there's some cultures that you just don't, you don't hug and love. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but there's some fathers that just never embrace their kids. They just, that wasn't man. You know, we didn't do that. and We didn't cry. I got news for you, Slick. You better learn to do it. You better learn to hug your daughter. She can be getting hugs from some other man, and then you'll be crying. That's great preaching right there. I'm going to go encourage myself. Yes! Yeah, you need, to, you need to date your daughters, fellas, as they get older. You need to... They have learned that masculinity is imparted to sons. If you don't tell him and teach him how to be a man. Look, this happened yesterday. Yesterday. I'm working on my message. I go back outside. I, I study until, I, until I'm just chock full, kind of. And I, and I go and usually throw wood or something. I've already got all my wood for next winter. Somebody say hallelujah. It's amazing. That way I can go shoot a moose during the fall. Thank you, Jesus. I'm outside messing with my chainsaw. Got a really nice high-powered... Anyway. And I'm, 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 I don't, I don't know, I'm sharpening the chain or something. And I look up. Now, this will be our secret. Don't repeat this. Okay? You're going to get me in trouble if you repeat it, all right? I look up, and there's my son in a headband with a flower and a full-on dress and shoes to match. Everything matching, scarf, the whole deal. Can I tell you something? I looked up, and I was just all... I, He's all, he's smiling. I said, dude, inside, take it off now. He's all, Hannah made me do it. She made me do it. <laughs> Hannah's standing on the porch thinking it was all funny until they saw dad's face go downcast. Now, some would say, oh, lighten up. Lighten up. I mean, all kids do that. Boys do that. I mean, I remember wearing high heels. I put on my mama's high heels. Am I the only boy that did that? Here's the problem. Did anybody, did anybody go see Rio? Okay, you saw so much cross-dressing in that movie, it was, blew my mind. And I thought, you know something, we're being slowly boiled. Now here's the thing, it talks about in Scripture that men are not supposed to wear women's clothes. Now I am not a legalist. But I clearly wanted to send the message to my son. Eh, wrong. He ain't ever wearing women's clothes. <laughs> Got it? He looked and saw my face. He was all... And I didn't freak out and get angry. And I didn't discipline him. It was just... I didn't discipline him for that. He didn't know. It was innocence. But I wanted to make a very clear message. You are a man. Man don't wear cl- girls' clothes. It's not to say, oh, I'll wear a kilt any day of the week. It's part of my heritage. I'll skip around in the kilt and praise the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm looking forward to getting one. Why? And it's because it's part of my heritage. Wearing a full-on dress with high heels? No. No. 
So I told my son, look, you go and you take the dress off. Don't ever do that again. That's not what you're going to do. That's not how we're going to play. We ain't going to play like that. Okay, Dad. I think you take it off. He came out. I hugged him. He goes, that's not good. I said, no, that's not good. Don't do that. There's too much of that. I think, I think there's men wearing dresses today because it didn't get trained early. So now, they, now instead of Jim, it's Jane, and now they're wearing dresses. Okay, I don't want to get on all of that. That's a whole... How many of you want to know about that? How many of you want to know about that stuff? Then write this down. You really want to know about it, write this down. Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth. It is the best book written on homosexuality and all of that. Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth by Dr. Satinover. There you go. I don't know that I'm going to preach on it. That will blow your mind. Mind-blowing, scholarly work. You can check that out. Let's get back into this. Everybody said we've got to love our kids. So you've got to show them affection. And, of course, I did that after I told them to take the dress off. I gave them hugs and kisses. And, but some of you don't get any affection. Some of you never got any when you were a kid. You need to give that to your children. You need to give them time. You need to give them your attention. You need to play with them. My daughter wants me to play Barbies. Do you play Barbies? Absolutely. Just give me the Ken doll. I'll be the dude. Ken struts around. He's like all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Danny wants to play Legos. Do certain things. There's a, there's a new addiction called videophilia. Can I tell you about this? Videophilia. It's an addiction to a screen. And if you allow your children, I know this might hurt, but listen, how many of you know you need to get a message like this every so often? You allow your kids to be looking at a screen all the time, have no interaction. There's a, there's a, there's a, a thing called nature deficit disorder. These are all new things that have never come out before. You can read up on it. There are kids that do not go outside. They don't go outside. They don't know about going outside. They don't know about having a mud ball fight. They don't know about any of that stuff. And it's actually affecting them physically and mentally. And it's causing, their, it's causing intelligence to drop. Retention of information to drop. Videophilia. Wow. You've got to show them your attention. and You've got to give them affection. And I, I think you can play a video game with them every so often. Just don't make it a constant diet of that. And don't make it your stinking babysitter for the love of God. Every so often I don't think it's so bad. Constant diet of it all the time. They've learned for students after they study and they, they come home and they do video, they've learned that the, their retention of what they learned drops by like 35%. Isn't this an encouraging word? Praise the Lord. Let's look at B. Loving our children is two things here. Show affection and attention, but you must discipline. Hebrews 12.6 says, Those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. How many of you are thankful for the discipline of the Lord? It's a sign that you're His son. It's a sign that you're His daughter. You need to show, you need to discipline your children. And if you don't discipline your children, this is going to hurt. Brace yourself. Just fasten your seatbelt. You don't discipline your kids. You don't love them. You allow them to do whatever, then you don't love them. Not in a biblical way. The Bible recommends corporal punishment. And, and I'm going to talk about abuse here in a second. The Bible recommends corporal punishment. It's not popular because of child abuse. Lots of scriptures. Let me give them to you. 
Just a few. Proverbs 22, 15. Proverbs 13, 24. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. Let me read this one. Proverbs 29, 15 says, A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. I thought that was a good Mother's Day scripture. Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. It will bring you delights you desire. You say, well, isn't that, isn't that using the rod, disciplining, doing corporal punishment? Isn't that child abuse? Okay, listen to this. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm looking at a, the youngest we have here. Is all, is all sexual intercourse, children's church upstairs, is all sexual intercourse rape? Yes or no? Okay. So there is, but there, there very clearly is. There very clearly is rape. And that's horrible, and it's heinous, and it's evil, and it's wrong. And many people need to be healed from going through that, men and women. But there is something that should be in the covenant of marriage, what is called loving embrace. Is that righteous? It is. Is it pure? It is. Is it good? It is good. It is good, it's righteous, it's pure, it's just, and it's ordained. It's God's idea. It's God's idea. There's both. Same act. One is very evil and one is very righteous. The same is true with discipline. Did you catch that? So not all discipline is child abuse. There, there is a loving way to do it. And if you can't, you have to learn how to do that. Oh... Not in anger, but in love. There's a very clear difference. You need to, if this is ringing a bell for you, I just need to come on Tuesday, 6 o'clock, plug into this class. That'll be a good start. Lots of books. Look, your kids could be teenagers by now, and, and you maybe didn't do any of this stuff. Well, just learn how to do it now. Learn how to impart some of these things as teenagers. Look at, look at two. We must teach our children to obey and honor. Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, so that it will go well with you, that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. How many of you want your kids blessed? How many of you want your grandchildren to live in the blessing? How many of you want children to live in the blessing? We all do, but it doesn't happen by accident. My kid, my, my kid told me, Actually, it was my, my wife told her she hated her one time. That never happened again. Why? Because you're not doing that. Why? Because I don't want you cursed. You sit there and curse out your mama. I mean, there are some families where the kid curses out the mother. Well, if you don't correct that, you have a problem. Now, if your kids are, you, you, you already got a problem, but you're going to have a real problem because that kid's going to walk in cursing, not in blessing. You say, well, what do I do now when I'm a teenager? If you, listen, let me just say this. If you have that problem and you've got teenagers that are out of control, there's ways to help you, and I will help you. I don't want to get into it for this, <laughs> this particular message right now, but if that is the case, there's things that you can do to correct that. But now as you're raising little ones, you've got to teach them right away. 
Teach them to obey. Teach them to honor. Honor. Here, the honor releases life. Teach your kids to honor. Teach your, teach your kids to, you know, say yes, sir. No, ma'am. Teach your kids to open doors. He said, well, pastor, I don't think I've seen your kids doing that. I'm still working on it, man. I'm still trying to train them. It ain't over yet. If you know my children, you know they're, well, they're very obedient and respectful. They're, you know. My son, my daughter, when they meet somebody, they have to stick their hand out. They have to do eye contact, and they have to say, nice to meet you. And the other person says, nice to meet you, or how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? That's training. Yeah. You know how hard I've worked in that? No, it's the whole thing. You know, you when you shake hands, don't give somebody a fish. Fish. The fish handshake. How many of you know what that is? Yeah, it's like super limp-wristed handshake. No. Don't cringe their knuckles. Maybe you know somebody that does that all the time is because they have a pride problem. I've met people like, what's up? I'm like, ow, bro. Relax. It takes training to teach a kid to keep eye contact. To shake the hand of, of somebody. To greet them. To stand up when an elder comes to the table. Those are things that are just part of my culture. They might not be a part of yours. You decide what you want to put in your family. But for the love of God, teach them to be righteous. Teach them to live for God. Teach them to walk in the blessing. Teach them to love the Word. Teach them to pray. Oh. Don't exasperate them. Look at three. Don't exasperate or make your child bitter. Be consistent. You can, I didn't put this in the notes, but be consistent with what is right or wrong. You need to express your love. You need to play with them. And you need to discipline them. And you need to be consistent about it. There's a difference between willful disobedience and limitations. In other words, when Danny was three, he can't take the trash out to the curb. Can't take the trash at the end of the driveway. He can do it now. But when he was three, if I said, son, get the trash can, drag it out to the drag it out to the curb so when the trash guy comes, they can pick it up. And he says, well, I can't. I don't want to. Now, you're going to discipline a three-year-old? can't pull a trash can. So that's a good way to irritate, exasperate your kid. And then you did, because it's not willful disobedience. It's a limitation. I can't ask my son to pick up my 100-pound suitcase 50 pounds and not 51 and throw it into the back of the of the pickup truck why because he can't he can actually hold 50 pounds but then he has to put it down but he can't throw it we ask your kid to throw a 50 pound no that's not disobedience now disobedience is when they can do something and they look you straight in the face and they say no yeah that would be disobedience the same way is that when they start crying. And that's still, it's both rebellion. No, is rebellion. And so it's, they're both rebellion. Somebody's getting set free today. Some of you have your kids do stuff that you won't do, you lazy thing. And if you make your kids do stuff that you're not willing to do, watch this, listen. You make your kids do stuff you're not willing to do, then you will exasperate them. All right, there's a toilet overflowing. We need you to get in there and fish all that stuff out and fix it. 
because you don't want to use the plunger. Let me tell you how I do it. When he was three, he took the trash out with dad. Three, four, five, six. He's taking the trash out. Pretty big trash can. Six. Six years old. Seven. He got it at seven. Actually, at six, he could run it back empty, but he couldn't bring it out full. Now he can do the whole thing. Toilets, I'll do the toilet, and I'll train you to do the toilet. We'll do the toilet together, and then, buddy, you're the toilet boy. Because I've done my fair share of toilets. Anybody else done your fair share of toilets? But to exasperate your kid is to have them do stuff that you, would ne- that you will not do, won't do, because you're lazy, and you don't want to get up. You're always having them go be your gopher. You never bring them. They ask you for a glass of water, and you don't bring it to them when they're, they're going to bed. You will exasperate your kids. I'm preaching better than your amen. And come on, look at look at see. We must overcome our own selfishness and repent. There's times when we when we do things wrong. I mean, it's good God. I think I have to do this almost every other day, maybe maybe more, maybe every three days. That's more accurate. I'm just being transparent. Where I'll, I'm in the midst of doing something and I'll get frustrated. God's dealing with me. With God's dealing with me with frustration. And I'll, I'll I'll talk to my kids and give them. I'll talk to them and give them a sharp answer. I know I'm probably the only one in this holy church of God that has ever done anything like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so yesterday, I, you know, I, I was a jerk. I got a little, un, I got, I got more than a little impatient. Man, I got, I got frustrated. I got frustrated, and it had nothing to do with my daughter. But I answered her real sharp a couple times to get her off my back. I didn't want, I didn't want to be doing what she was doing. Can I be honest in here? That's all I'm, you're going to get from me anyway. If you don't like it, sorry. So I was sharp with her, and I could see that when I did that, I crushed her. I saw her face go downcast, and she just kind of like, okay. And she walked off, and I thought, you jerk. And I was still frustrated. I still had my stuff I was dealing with. I said, oh, God, help me. And then she says something like, I think you need to pray, Dad. I thought, oh. I'm going to pray for you. Which I had to correct because it was it was right, but the attitude's wrong. It was Sue sass at me? I'm gonna pray for you. Hey, come back here. That's good. I want you to pray for me. Don't don't smart mouth me like that. That ain't right. Yes, Dad. Okay, she's totally right. I was a total jerk. However, the attitude. Attitudes are important, people. I prayed. It was my flesh. I put it down. I repented. Then I'm working on this message at 5.3 this morning. My daughter's making crepes. I get to this particular part, and I just thought, you have really blown it. And I'm thinking to myself, there ain't no way in God's green earth I'm going to stand up here before your people, God, and not be transparent about that. I pulled my daughter aside into her room. I sat her down before we came this morning and she said I, w- I, want, I want to tell you I said I want to tell you the difference of what a hypocrite is 
Because here's the number one destroyer of kids that get raised in Christian homes. They come and they play church and they put on the hallelujah face and they rejoice and they backstab leaders when they drive home and then they're full of gossip and full of bitterness and they're angry all the time and they don't act like a believer but they call themselves Christians. They drink, they get drunk, they smoke dope, they they rip people off when the bill person, can't preach in here, when the bill person calls, you teach your kid to lie when the bill person calls or when, when your mother-in-law calls. Let's try that one. And like, hi, Grandma. You want to talk to I'm not here. I'm not here. Not here. I'm not here. You're teaching them to lie. And so I told my daughter, I said, you know, let me tell you something. Daddy has a lot of shortcomings, honey. She goes, yeah, I know. I immediately wanted to say, well, you have some too, you know. She says, yeah, I know. I said, well, let me, let me tell you something. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving to, to do better, to be better and better and more like Jesus. And I said, what would be a horrible crime is for me, you know, yesterday when I got irritated and got angry a little bit. And she said, yeah. And then she said this. She said, yeah, you've been doing that a lot lately, Dad. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Thinking a lot. I've only like... Like once, maybe last week, and I'm like, oh, what's anyway, that's her perception. You get in an argument, no, it's not a lot. Just repent. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, here's the thing, son, daughter. I'm asking God to change me, and and I'm sorry. And I ask you to forgive me. I'm sweeping, crying. I don't want to hurt my kid. Some of you have never done that. You've never wept to your children and asked them to forgive you for being stupid and selfish. And I said, God, you just got to forgive me. And we prayed. I, I prayed. I said, I don't want to be like that. I want to be the best father I can possibly be. I said, would you please forgive me? She said, yeah, Dad, I forgive you. You know, kids will forgive you of anything. It's amazing. They're so forgiving. She said, yeah, I forgive you. And then we held hands and we prayed. And I said, you know, it would be a great tragedy is if we did those kind of things that we messed up and then we never, we never repented. Now, that would be hypocrisy. We taught people, we're teaching people to live for you, to live in the blessing. But we weren't like that at home. I don't watch stuff on my TV. I'm not polluted with my internet. I live a holy, godly, righteous life. And when God confronts me of issues, I repent. That's what holiness is. It's not, I'm not perfect. I've just exposed the fact that I've gotten angry a few times with my kids, or a lot, according to them. I could justify myself. It really isn't that many times. Some of you need to repent to your children, because to not do that is to embitter them. Begin to ingratiate yourself, make yourself into an idol that every what I say goes. I'm the head of the house. This is what we're doing. Then you just character is totally flawed, and you never repent, and you play play church, you play Christianity, and then on down the line you wonder why your kids don't want to go to church ever, don't want to hear anything about living for God. All right, we must be in agreement. Are you guys getting anything? I'm almost done. 
Look at somebody say, oh, praise the Lord, this is a wonderful Mother's Day message. Isn't it great? I feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Ooh, just makes me want to do the jig. Really praise the Lord. All right. We're gonna, we must be in agreement. Everybody say, everybody say, be in agreement. If you don't have agreement in your home, it is very, very difficult. Kids are master manipulators. They might have invented it. They will come to mom and ask for something, and if she says no, go to dad and get it. There's consequences in my house. That, that's the same thing as direct disobedience. If you get a word from dad, and dad, and the word is, you know, you're doing this or you're not doing this, and they go and play me off of mom, eh, wrong. They don't, they don't even do it anymore. They tried. They might try again, but they'll get a dead end. Because the question is, what, did you ask your dad? Yeah. What did he say? Well, what do you think, Mom? No, what did he say? He said no. Then the answer is no. Even though she might want it to be yes. Even though she in her mind says the answer is yes. Even she has a word from the Lord that the answer is yes. But Dad said no. The answer at that moment is no. And then casually, hopefully without the kids seeing, because you just amputate Dad's legs otherwise... It'd be like, honey, yeah, can you come in? How come you said no? Just because this is my logic. Well, you did you know this, this, and this? I'm like, oh, no. Well, I think it should be yes. So I go, okay. We'll bring the kid back in. It's then yes. But it goes the other way too. And there's plenty of times where we'll just stick to that just to teach the principle that I'm always right. Amen. Okay. <laughs> You've got to have agreement. Everybody say, be in agreement. I'm, of course, kidding. Mostly. I'm, I'm mostly. No, I'm kidding. Can it be in agreement? Train your kids not to manipulate. If you're not in agreement, your kids are going to be a loser. They'll end up losing. I don't mean a loser, but I mean they'll end up losing out. All right, we're almost done. You must emphasize living life in the blessing of God. Emphasize living for God. Emphasize living life in the blessing of God. Emphasize it every day. If you don't, if your kids don't see you getting up in the Word, they will not get in the Word unless they have another role model somewhere. Thank God for youth pastors. Thank God for children's pastors. Thank God for people who've modeled it when our parents didn't. I mean, I didn't have a father really to teach me these things, but I got one when I came in the house. And if you don't have a father either, you need to get one. You need to get a mother. I got spiritual mothers. It would, Pastor Ann would slap the snot out of me, man. You know who that is? Pastor Ann. She's our senior associate. I think she's 68 or something. Serving God. I think she was praying in tongues when she came out of her mother's womb, in fact. She's amazing. If it wasn't for Pastor Ann, I, I got corrected so many times. I'm thinking, my gosh. Give me a break. I look back and go, wow, God bless that lady. You've got to have a, you, you've got to, you've got to mentor your kids and mentor your grandchildren. Let them see you reading the Word of God. Let them see you praying. Pray for them. Every night we pray over our kids. A rather lengthy prayer. Every night we do. And we have them pray for us. My kids see me holding my wife and praying for my wife. 
You've got, to, you've got to model prayer and you have to model the Word. That's one of the ways that you emphasize living for God. I'm almost done. You've got to model Christian behavior. Live it! Or do something else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What you do in the dark is the level of Christianity that you're walking at. Ooh. It's very sad when a child is raised in a hypocritical home. Thirdly, and lastly, provide opportunities for your kids to grow in God. There's going to come summer camps. It's spring now, but there's going to come summer camps. There's going to come all kinds of things for your kids to get involved in. Get involved in them. Amen. Plug into the Growing Kids God's Way thing. Learn about that. We'll, we'll get Loving Your Kids on Purpose. We'll do that next. Plug into that Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Giving you a good commercial. Because I believe in that. If I hadn't had that and had people that... Mo- you know how I, I got saved, got in the church. Karen and I were courting. Then we broke up. Then we got engaged. I knew we were going to have kids. Just couldn't hardly wait. It's going to be awesome. Here's what we did. In service, I did this. I said, let's, let's just look at all the families in the church and see which ones actually are the ones that we want to model our family after. So I picked Dr. Morocco. For sure. I, want, I saw all of his kids were, were teenagers or in college. Every one of them serving God. Never backslid. On fire for God. Love the Lord. Love the Word. Love to pray. Worshippers. Leaders. I thought, that's a good model right there. Takes care of his wife. His wife is happy. He's happy. That looked good. I said, so, okay, we got that model. Praise God for that. I looked for others. I found Pastor Brian Reynolds. His kids were exemplary. I mean exemplary. Amazing. And so I, I got a little close to him. I said, I, I want my kids to be like your kids. Can you tell? I didn't even have kids at that time because I knew I was going to make a dysfunctional nightmare. I was pretty confident of that. I had great faith that I was going to mess my kids up. I said, how do I do that? He said, you need to come to my Growing Kids God's Way class. I said, really? He said, yeah, you need to come. I was leading a life group that night. I trimmed my life group up and would catch the last half and eventually went through the whole thing, began to read books. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, man. Obviously, I just ratted myself out. But if you don't learn to train your kids, it is part of your purpose for being in the earth. The reason we're not having a full throttle revival in America is parents have not done that. They've lost fathers. Divorce is rampant. And the families have been destroyed. And many of us here in this place have scars because of what's happened in our homes. But that's no excuse for saying that we can't change things in our homes and in our kids now. There's no excuse for that. We can learn. We can grow. We can be Christ-like. We can have a hunger for the Word. We can be people of prayer. We can model what it is to be Christian behavior, and when we blow it, repent and get accountable and change your life. Hook yourself up so that you can be make an impact. He says, some of you don't have any kids. Well, there's somebody who needs you. There's a kid who needs a parent. Maybe you should adopt. Or maybe you could just adopt one here at the church whose parent's not looking after him. we got kids that get bussed in or dropped off or friends of friends. Come on, we're the church. Did you get something from the Lord this morning? God 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The purpose of God choosing Abraham and the purpose of God choosing you is so that you would train and instruct your kids so that you would all walk in the multi-generational blessing of releasing the kingdom of God in the earth. The Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Do you know how that happens? I used to think it'd be this big wave that came from some portal in heaven and it would just land on us, you know. And there is the outpouring of the Spirit for sure. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth by you and your children, by us corporately standing together under an anointing and dominion and authority and going into the earth and and compelling people to be saved by going in and and commanding the forces of darkness sickness infirmity disease to leave God's people to teach your kids to walk in authority and power to teach your kids and together we as a multi-generational people the church of the living God will move forward and cover the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord That is why God has still left you here after you prayed the sinner's prayer. Because if there was no purpose after that, you would drop dead. Your heart would stop beating and you would fall over. And soon rigor mortis would sit in. No, He's chosen you, called you, selected you for a purpose. Why? To change the earth and for your kids to do the same things. Stand up on your feet. Give God a hand clap of praise. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give a shout to God this morning. Hallelujah! Thank you, God, for your word. A lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. We bless you and we praise you. Now, all across this place, if you need to repent for the kind of parent you've been, grandparent maybe, then do it now. Just right now before God, repent. That's a good place to start. Oh, God, forgive us for where we've been selfish, where we've not heeded your voice or modeled what it is to be Christian character, have Christian character. Forgive us, Lord, for even staying in a place of ignorance, trying to pass on that which is good, but not actively taking a role of becoming a better parent, a better father or a better mother. And on this Mother's Day, we commit ourselves, women, Come on, commit yourself. Men, do the same thing. We commit ourselves to teaching, instructing, and training our children in righteousness. With the memorial of Sodom and Gomorrah before us, as is in the context of the scripture that we read. A memorial from generation to generation for the children of Israel and for us. We want to teach our kids to live for you. And we need your help today. We need your ongoing help. Help us. Come on, ask God's help. Ask for His help in your life. You need some help. Help us, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. You cannot give what you have not first received. And there are countless people that are here that you just 
didn't have a dad. You just didn't have a mother or somebody to model what it is to be somebody who's on fire in love with God, walking in the blessing. I didn't have it either. Not fully. I'm thankful for what I did have. I got that. I got that in this church. I never left this church. I got saved in this church, of this building. I mean, this church overall. I got raised up in this place. You cannot give what you have not first received. Now, I'm going to pray right now that God would heal you of your wounds that took place in your home, through your mothers, through your fathers. Some of you have been rejected. Some of you were abandoned. Some of you were orphaned. It says in the Proverbs of a mother, a father and mother reject you, the Lord will take you on. If that's you and you need healing, just receive right now. Heavenly Father, pour forth, Lord, your, your blessing, your touch. Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption would come. Heal every wound. Heal fathers. Heal mothers. Heal sons and daughters. Lord, the the man who inside a little boy wounded because his father never told him that he loved him. Wrap your arms around that man right now. Mothers that are here, women that are here that were taken advantage of in their homes. Wounded and pierced through because of another's lust, perhaps. Or rejection or not being heard or having time spent with. Having time spent with them. Heal your people, oh God. Heal your people. Wash away all the sting. Wash away all the pain. Heal women right now. Heal girls right now. Touch them. Speak cleansing and wholeness and healing over their bodies and over their minds and over their hearts. Some of you just need to forgive those who really, who messed you up. Somebody hurt you. Forgive them. It's an act of your will. You forgive them. Come on, Jesus died for that too. You just forgive them. Men, same thing. Service is almost over. Just forgive them. Forgive your father. Forgive your mother. Or siblings. Come on, you can walk in freedom. So God, we give you praise and glory and honor. And we commit ourselves to train our children, to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We commit ourselves today to raising our children to living in the blessing. If that rings in your heart and you're going to do it, say this with me. Say, I commit to raising my children to living in the blessing of God, to walking in covenant with them. I will train, I will instruct, and I will model what it is to be a man or a woman of God so that we may all walk into your blessings, your promises for us as family. Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God, everybody. Awesome.
One more thing and we'll be done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. We want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you want to make a recommitment to Him. Or thirdly, you want to just be assured of your salvation. If you fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or number two, recommitting your life to the Lord. Or number three, being assured that your sins are forgiven. If you fit in any of those categories, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, you want to be included in that prayer. One, two, three. Slip your hand up high. God bless you. 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 Thank you for your honesty. If you meant business with God, I never want to embarrass anybody, but I'm mindful. I'm mindful that it would be very hard to live for Him if you can't acknowledge Him in front of a bunch of people that really do love Him. If that's you, you slipped your hand up, you want to receive Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him or just be assured of your salvation, quickly come to the front right now. Whether you raised your hand or not, come to the front right now. Come on. Come on, church. Put your hands together for these. Come on, come right here. Come right here. Praise God. Come on, somebody give a shout to Jesus. Amen. You want to you be included in that prayer? Just come, if that's you. You don't have to be afraid. It's okay. Anybody else? Come, we'll wait just a moment. Want to give your heart to Jesus? All right. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, people committing their lives to the Lord. It's an amazing thing. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch each and every one of these. Those who perhaps didn't come up front and those that might have stayed in their seats. God, I pray that you'd fill and touch and bless each and every one right now. In the name of Jesus, fill them with your Holy Spirit. There's some leaders that are coming right now. They're going to they're gonna help you just take some information just for the folks that are right up front right here. Did you all get something from God? Would you come, Grace? Would you come help, help us right up front? Did you get something? While they're talking to these up here. Thank you, Trent. Let's reach across and take someone by the hand. Gene, would you help me? Would you help me right here? Clipboard right there. Take someone by the hand as these are ministering. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's change this world with our families. Amen? Father, thank you for what you've done, for your grace, for your goodness, for your power. Thank you that today bondages are broken, people were healed, people were encouraged, families were strengthened, your truth was preached. Believe that, God. Bless each and every family. Bless each and every one of us. We're we're children. We're your children. Adopted and grafted in. And thank you that you're a good heavenly father. You're a good, good father. Yes, you are. And Lord, bless each and every one of the mothers today. 
on this Mother's Day. Fill them full of hope, courage, and strength. Let them know that they're deeply appreciated for all that they do, for all that they've done, for the sacrifices that they've paid. Bless the women of this house, those online, those that will listen even later. Bless my own mother, Lord, I pray. We thank you. We give you praise. Cause your face to shine upon your people. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.